Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. So you remember last week that we talked about that Jesus did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And that's in verses 17 through 20. And of course, it was being said about Jesus that Jesus had come to do away with the law. The Pharisees and the Sadducees were really upset with him. And one of the things they were finding fault with Jesus about was they thought that he was going to literally turn turn over everything that they believed in, trusted in the inheritance and stuff like that. And Jesus says, don't think that I came to abolish the law, but I have come to fulfill the law. And he says, everything about the law will be fulfilled. And so when you go through the rest of his sermon here, uh, keep that in mind that he is literally fulfilling the law. The Ten Commandments, thou shall not murder, is the Ten Commandments that he picks on today. Now, uh, as he goes through this, he picks on two of the Ten Commandments and uses it as an illustration of that you've got to go to the intent that caused the breaking of the command, okay? And so Jesus says that in his fulfilling the law, and part of that is explaining the law, helping him understand uh, what is important to get. He goes to the intent about the condition of our heart. And so he says, you have heard in verse 21, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. Verse 21, most likely, when, when most of us here today, I, I, I find it probably likely that probably 98% of us in here have not murdered. I wonder who that 2% is that's in here today. But I mean, you know, 99%, most of us hasn't taken another person's life. Um, but... Uh, he says, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But he says, but I say to you, so that's the fulfilling, that's part of fulfilling the law for us. He says, but I say to you. And he talks about anger. He talks about anger. And it's important for us to understand the seriousness of this is that Murder and anger are side by side. That's hard to understand. But from what Jesus is saying here is just as murder is a serious, serious matter and we are to not murder, he, 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 he lays right beside that anger. And he says anger is a serious matter. Now, signs of anger in your life. And we're going to talk a lot about anger today, and, and hopefully we'll, we'll provide some very practical ways to, to live free of selfish anger, harmful anger, anger that does not produce the righteousness of God. First of all, anger is, is when you can see that someone is angry when they have a consistency of hurting other people, verbally or physically. Bullies are angry. Uh, abusers are angry. People that hurt other people are hurt, and hurting people hurt people. And, and, and I would say that most of the time, people that hurt people do so because they are angry. They're angry at the situation. They're angry at the person. They're angry about life. They may not even be angry about the person that they are hurting at the time. It may just be they're in the way, but they're angry. 
And, and angry people harm a lot of people that just get in their way. Uh, you, you might have a problem with anger if you find that you're frequently finding yourself feeling angry. Now, they say, well, that's an obvious statement. Yeah, but how many times do we miss that? I mean, if, if, if folks say to you, man, you seem to always be angry, then there might be an investigation that you need to take. Always find yourself being angry. You're angry at this and angry at that. If you've got lots of beefs, if you've got lots of issues, if you've, if you've got lots of, of, of angry parts of you, then, then probably you need to think about an anger issue. If, if you often find that your anger gets out of control, obviously that would be a thing for you to consider. If you find yourself frequently regretting something you have said or frequently regretting something that you have done, then obviously you probably got some, some anger going on there. And if you just have a pattern, if you just have a way, if, if you just have a habit of making insignificant things really important, you probably have an anger issue. You know, if things that really don't matter, if things that just happen, you know, things that you could easily overlook and you choose not to easily overlook those things, then you might have an anger issue. You might consider your driving. You might consider your line standing. You might consider your grocery shopping. You might consider uh, uh, your uh, phone calls that, you know, your phone's not working and you call the guy and, and you can't understand him and you don't know where he's at and you don't know what's going on and they take you all the steps. And if you find yourself getting angry on things that you could easily overlook, then obviously you might have a control problem, an anger problem, out of control with anger. So Jesus says here in verse 21, I think he's saying the seriousness of this, you need to take anger seriously. And if you have an anger problem, you really need to deal with it. It needs to be handled. It needs to be set free. It needs to be dealt with. There needs to be confession. There needs to be repentance. And, and you need to get yourself in a, a mindset that you can work out this anger and, and you can put it in the right place and let the Holy Spirit help you to move beyond the anger that is making life very difficult for you and most likely difficult for people that are around you. So in the context of the anger conversation, Jesus is fulfilling the law and anger obviously was a problem. And it's in that, it, you know, under the view here, you got the crowd. He retreats from the crowd. He goes up the hill a little bit to speak to the disciples. The disciples go to him, and he's speaking about, I haven't come to abolish the law. I've come to fulfill it. And you have heard that it said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. And then he says in verse 22, but I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment, just like with murder liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and that would be the Sanhedrin that he's speaking about there. And whoever says, you fool, your translation might have the word raka in it. This word that they would use in the Hebrew there when they would speak about you, raka, you fool, it means that you are absolutely empty of anything worthwhile. 
Now, Raka would be their slang word that they would usually say, you Raka, you Raka, you Raka. They would say, you are a Raka. They were saying, you are the worst individuals around. You are foolish. You are ignorant. You are stupid. You are a moron. You are insignificant. You are worthless. You have nothing to offer. I have heard some of that. So it just comes out, right? Raka. Lee, you're Raka. Oh, boy. That's that anger. That's just, he says that that's murder. That's what Jesus says. If your heart is to the point that you're willing to call somebody Raka, man, there is, there is a problem in your heart, okay? Now, Jesus, remember, is preparing the disciples for the crowd. Now, I think that one of the reasons why Jesus used this example of anger to teach his point, you have heard it said of old, but I say to you, if you are even angry at your brother, you insult, you call someone raka, Jesus knows that there's no way in the world these disciples are going to be able to make any kind of impact in the crowd, in the world, if they have anger issues. Because you know what's going to happen? The world is going to make them angry. I mean, it won't happen long. If, you have, if you've got anger issues, it don't take long for difficult people to, to push your buttons. It doesn't take long for them to get that anger going, anger brewing. And if, if you're angry, then things like, speaking grace and love and mercy and the gospel, the good news and all those wonderful things that he is raising him up to go in the world and make a difference to bring hope and life to these people, man, they're not going to be able to do that if they are angry. If you're angry at the people that God's assigned you to love on, it's a real difficult, difficult thing. And so Jesus is letting them know the, the importance of anger. Now, there's also another element here to the fulfilling uh, of the law. Now, you have heard it said of those of old, you have, you, you have heard those say, you shall not murder. People go, I'm good. You shall not murder. I've got it. And then he says, but I say to you, even if you are angry, uh-oh, I'm not so good. Right? Isn't that how you take that? Well, we're all good. If the only thing we're considering as breaking a command is murder, we're all good. But you throw the angry thing down on. How many are good now? Right? I mean, how many, we may raise the hands, may be awkward today, but I'll raise my hand. I have, I have committed the sin of anger. Right? Right? If you have insulted someone... I'm worse off than the angry part. I've insulted people. I've insulted people just looking forward to it. I've insulted people knowing it was wrong to insult them and knowing it was going to be a problem, but I enjoyed it anyway. Anybody else like that? Yeah, see how that works? Yeah, a little more head going. This is, this is difficult. This is a problem. But he said that he has problems with his command, so we're good. He has said that he has murdered. He, because he's, he's insulted people, he's been angry at people, and he has not, I, I don't think I've ever said, you Raka, but I've definitely called people some pretty low things in my life. And I've definitely thought some pretty low things in my life. Because I discovered that my tongue is sharp and I cut baloney thin. And, and I've got to be careful with that. 
because it will come. And, and if I'm in my flesh, if I'm unhealthy in my thoughts, if I have not had a good quiet time, if I have not been praying, if I've not been in the word, if I'm not being faithful to the Lord like he wants me to, man, my tongue can get really, really, really sharp and really painful. So, hey, I'm not innocent of this. I'm not innocent of murder. Now, what does that say? It says, my righteousness does not exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. I need Jesus. And so that's how he fulfills the law. He says, you may think that you're innocent of murder, but I say to you, even if you're angry, even if you've insulted, even if you have called someone a raka, you are guilty of murder. If you're guilty of one part, you're guilty of it all. So I'm guilty. My righteousness it doesn't add up. It does not exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and theirs doesn't either, because you remember we started out last week by looking at this verse saying, you're not better than me, I'm not better than you. They're not better than you, and you're not better than them. We all need a Savior. And, and we are all at a level playing field on the, uh, underneath that cross. We all need. And so when he fulfills it, he's saying to it, you all need me. That's what Jesus is saying. You all need me. You all need a Savior. None of you are innocent in this thing. And, and that's one of the masterpieces of his ministry was he came and he shows us that none of us, none of us got it all together. None of us have a perfect righteousness. None of our righteousness exceeds that of anyone else. And so we desperately need a Savior. So Jesus is saying here, man, anger is a serious matter. You need to treat it seriously. You need to deal with your anger, and you need to be willing to let it go because it does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Then he says, he adds on to it, not only is anger, murder, insulting and calling someone worthless a serious issue in verse 23 he goes even further and he says so since it's established that's what so would mean so since it's established that we've all got a problem <laughs> since it's established that we all struggle with anger that all of us have got an issue that we're all murderers we all deserve to be on death row Right? That's pretty much what he's saying in verses 21 and 22. So if you are offering your gift to the altar and they remember that your brother has something against you. He says, man, it's such, an, it's such a big thing. It's such an important matter. It's such a serious issue that it impacts worship. That's what he's saying. He's saying a lot of people go to church and they don't really worship because they're angry. And he says, leave the church and go get things scored right, reconciled, put together, issues worked out. So if you are offering your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. So that says how significant that is. That, that Jesus would say to religious people, that he would say to disciples, he would say to these Jewish people, 
Yes, going and giving your altar, going and giving your gift to the altar is really an important thing. But he says here, if you go to that altar and you're about to give your offering, you're about to give your gift, and there you remember that you have got an issue with someone, leave the altar, leave the synagogue, leave the temple, leave the church house, and go and be reconciled. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. To be reconciled is the same word that we've looked at in Romans and different places. Reconciliation, to be reconciled means that the relationship is more important than the matter. The relationship is more important than why we're angry at each other. And they were angry at each other for all kinds of reasons, just like today. We get angry with other people for all kinds of reasons. You know, you just get angry. You just get angry with them. Now, he says, go and be reconciled and then come back and offer your gift at the altar. So Jesus is saying to us how important it is. It's a crucially important issue. It's a matter of importance, something that we do not need to take lightly because it impacts our worship. It impacts our relationships. And then in verse 25, he says, come to terms quickly. Now, he's preparing them again for the crowd, right? He knows that as the disciples are going to go into that crowd, there's going to be people problems. There's always people problems. There's going to be issues. There's going to be financial matters. There's going to be business struggles. There's going to be problems. And he gives here a little bit of practical advice about how to handle these issues that is causing the anger to begin with. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you're going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you be put in prison. Truly I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. So Jesus is all for working out your problems before it goes to the court. Work out your problems before it goes and becomes an issue that you can't handle because that's what anger does. I think that a good application for verses 25 and 26 is, as a disciple, you live for another reason. As a disciple, you live for my glory, God would say to us. As a disciple... Whatever the conflict is that is causing the matter to be such an important matter that it's going to be dealt by a judge and then by a guard and then you're going to pay every last cent, he says, don't get dug in. Don't dig in on this matter. And, and, and frankly, he's saying to us, you don't need to be so concerned with your rights that you lose sight of why you are here. You got to overlook a few things. If anger won't let you overlook a few things that are not really important and not really crucial, but those things would get in the way of doing the work of the Lord, then you, there's an anger problem. And so he's saying, don't be dug in. He's saying, quickly resolve these things and be reconciled. And he says, treat anger seriously. That's what the Lord Jesus has said to us here today. You have heard that it has been said, do not murder. But I say to you, even if you have anger, even if you insult, even if you call someone raka, you're guilty. 
It's important. It's serious. Jesus says, if you go to the altar to worship me and there remember that you have a problem with your brother, leave the altar and go be reconciled. And if you've got an issue with someone out there in the world, settle the matter quickly. Don't let this fester. Don't let this build up. Don't let this become a major, major issue so that there's a battle that takes place over something. And, and I think that in, in the spirit of the teaching here, in something that obviously is not as important as what I'm here to do. And so look at your anger. Anger. Let's look at a couple of the verses and, 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 and maybe just kind of talk a few, few things and see maybe where our struggle is, maybe what's going on, maybe some things that we can do. Look in James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. There you go. So, quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Because, verse 20 is the because. Why this is so important? Because the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Anger is a problem. Anger is an issue. Anger can be a sin that, that causes us not to show off God. And if we're angry, we're not able to show off God. If we're angry, we're not giving a witness. If we're angry, if we're eat up with anger, then man, we, we just don't, we can't show the love. We can't show the grace. We can't show the hope. We can't show that living for Jesus is better than not living for Jesus. If we're angry, and, and, and the scripture here, I think is very clear, doesn't want us being hindered, weighted down, burdened by anger. Anger is not good for anyone. It's not good for us, and it's not good for other people. And, 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 and so, quick to hear, listen well, and how many times has the battle happened because you didn't hear what they said? or you misheard what they said, or you took it wrong, or you didn't ask some good, gentle questions to help you understand what they said. You know, they might have said, you look very nice today, Lee. And you heard him say, you're a real rocker, Lee. He went, why are you call me rocker here? What, what, what did I say? You know, well, I was thinking this, you were thinking that, I misheard what you had to say. And, and we need to be quick, we need to be quick to hear, slow to speak. Quick to hear means hearing's more important than speaking, right? And you've heard them all say you got one mouth and two ears. There you go. Slow to speak, slow to anger. Be slow to anger. There you go. That's a good lesson right there. If you've got an anger issue, be slow to anger. Be, show to, be slow to show that anger. Ease into anger if it's going to happen. Don't blow up. And if you're, if you're blowing up, then you need to go get on your hands and knees before the Lord and, and, and confess and repent and get that worked out. Let it go. Get it out. Deal with it. Ephesians 4, another good uh, lesson for us. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 26 and 27. Be angry and do not sin. Now, 
after that sin is a little semicolon. And so we got five words that are really deep and really significant. Be angry and do not sin. Let that sit in for a moment. Be angry and do not sin. And so we understand and we know that not all anger is sin. Not all anger is murder, right? Be angry, but do not sin in that anger. And so there is an anger that is righteous, and there is an anger that is unrighteous. So be angry. Be angry about the right things. Be angry with unselfishness. Be angry and do not sin. And so you might have heard this before. People say, this kind of anger is righteous indignation. It's getting upset. It's getting angry. It's getting miffed. It's getting, you know, having a beef about something that really matters. It's an injustice. It's a pain. It's an abuse. It's an issue. It's something out there that's harmful to people, and we get angry about it. And that anger leads to something beneficial, something that draws attention to God, something that shows him off, something that glorifies him. It's an unselfish anger. William Booth got angry about the, the, the street condition of people in London in the 1800s. And William Booth had a vision that night, and William Booth was so moved with anger because of the plight of children, the homelessness, the, the illnesses on the streets, that, that he started the Salvation Army. And he made an impact in the homeless, in the horrible condition of life in London. That anger moved him to do something worthwhile that brought glory to God. So if you have an anger that moves you, if your anger causes you to have a misery about something, if that misery becomes your ministry, then that's a good anger. And so when you, when you look at your community, when you look at your church, when you look at your class, you look what, whatever you look at, if there's something that makes you angry about some need that's not being met, some issue that's not being handled, and you want to do something about it, and you have a misery about that, let that become your ministry. That's a good anger. That's a good anger to have. And so one of the ways that you can determine whether or not the anger is good or not, unrighteous or righteous, is, is to ask yourself, is this anger that I have, is it selfishly motivated or is it an unselfish anger? And if it's an unselfish anger, you, you, you might need to move forward with that. He says, be angry and do not sin. And gives some of the same advice that Jesus did. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Husbands and wives, we're having marriage night tonight. Everyone needs to be here because no one is perfect on that. You've been married a long time. you still got a lot of work to do. Come and be part of that tonight. But one of the best pieces of advice that you could ever get is from this scripture. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. If you're angry, if you're sideways, if you're not speaking to each other, before you close those eyes, talk about it. Deal with it. Don't, let it don't, don't go to sleep on it. Don't let anger hang around because it'll fester. It'll get infected. And if you're not problem, it become a pro, if you're not careful, it become a problem that, boy, is really difficult to deal with. 
And it says in verse 27, and give no opportunity to the devil. Don't let him get his foot in the door. So be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. So be slow to anger. Learn quickly to classify your anger. That's what these scriptures are saying. Is, do you have the right to be angry about this matter? Does this anger that you have, does it produce the righteousness that God desires? So do you have the right to be angry? Classify it. Am I, uh, is, it, is this an anger that's, that's okay? That's what you need to ask yourself. Another way to deal with anger is learn not to get bent out of shape with what people say or don't say. I mean, now this doesn't come from the Bible, but this, this makes a lot of sense to me. As the years have gone by, I, ha I have, I'm hope I'm learning more and more. I'm not ever going to say I've learned about anger because I'll be in a bad spot this afternoon. But, uh, man, way to deal with anger is this. Man, choose what you get bent out of shape over. And I mean, unless someone hits you up the head with a baseball bat, don't let their words get to you. I mean, don't let people bother you. Now, if they got a baseball bat and they're swinging at you, that's another issue, right? You need to, you need to take evasive measures really quick. You need to deal with that. But if they're just, if they're just gossiping or slandering or, or insulting, don't let that make a difference in your life. Man, oh, just keep on going. Check on what makes you angry. And, and another good thing to do is to write down things that are anger worthy and things that are not anger worthy. And if something happens, if it's not on the list of anger worthy, then don't get mad about it. Don't get angry about it. If it doesn't really matter, let it go. Let it go. So the secret of, of managing anger or not being controlled by anger, managing is probably a good way to look at that, but, but is to recognize quickly what you ought to be upset about and what you just need to let go. And, and, and let it be those things that honor God that you don't let go of. Anger will quench the Holy Spirit in your life. Anger will stop us from being able to completely worship God. Anger will stop us from having our prayers answered. Do you know that, man? It says in 1 Peter that if we got an issue with our wife, he doesn't hear our prayers. Woo! That's a tough one there. Something else to consider in our, as we close up today. If you'll make yourself available to God with pure heart and the right motives, God will begin to work in your life and you will become, he'll, he'll wear you out with good things and they will energize you and you just won't have time nor the energy to be mad. I believe that. Write down those things which, which are anger worthy. And hold on to that and, and open up your little notebook and go, aha, I have the right to be angry about this injustice. I'm going to go do something about it in an unselfish way for the glory of God. And don't make it a, don't make it a regular habit of making small things that can easily be overlooked a big thing. A big thing.
It don't matter what color those walls are. It doesn't matter what color the carpet is. It really doesn't matter what TV station you're watching. It doesn't matter. It's all junk. It's all good. It don't matter what radio station's on. It doesn't matter what kind of shampoo is in the shower. For me, it really doesn't matter. <laughs> Maybe that's a good lesson for you with those pretty heads. Maybe you ought not be thinking about how good your hair is. You might lose it. As I look around, some of y'all are, are making pretty good progress on losing your hair. You know what I mean? I mean, do you, are you really mad about that? Is that something anger-worthy? And put it where it needs to be. Because Jesus said, anger is like murder. That's a serious matter. Help us, Lord. Help us not to be angry. Help us to hear your spirit working in our life and putting us where we need to be about anger. And Lord, getting us in the right mindset, the right spirit, the right attitude that we need to have. And Lord, we just pray that you will help us, Lord, to serve you with a clearing heart, a heart free of anger, and a heart that's just swallowed up with your love and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, come forward, please.